Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hola, me llamo Dave, and this is my wife, Kathy. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> I don't know wife in Spanish. Uh, we're on holidays in Fuerteventura. Yes, it's the cinema abroad. Yes, uh, it's our 100th episode, so we decided to book a holiday to celebrate. <laughs> yes, uh, it's not <laughs> at all a coincidence that these two things <laughs> no. have coincided. But um, a peek behind the curtains, we're recording this before we record our 99th episode. Yes. We're fucking with you a bit here. Not that that matters. Yes. Um, great, thanks for explaining that to everybody. <laughs> and okay, this is the premise. I came up with it. I'm really pleased with myself. Shape of Water just won the Oscar. Correct for Best Picture. We're in Spain. Correct? What, you, what, you, what is this, a quiz? We're in Spain. Correct. With access to a beach. What we need to Who do is review to? The Shape of Water in water. This was a great plan until we realised that the local cinema... Um, only one showing in the whole 10 days we're here of The Shape of Water will be in English. In English. The rest um, of them are in Spanish. We obviously don't have a babysitter. We're on holidays with our baby. So Dave drew the short straw. And by drew the short straw, I mean, I was never going to do it. Dave's going to see The Shape of Water Espanol. And Cathy's <laughs> going to take the English screen. So we're going to separate screens. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite... Uh, I'm quite nervous about this. I've never watched a film in a foreign language without, without any subtitles. subtitles. Yeah, they have no subtitles. Um, and I think this is actually an interesting experiment and it kind of suits both of us because you're a bit more of a visual moviegoer than me. You tend to focus on things like cinematography more than I do and I tend to really like hone down on plot and dialogue. So I think if ever one of us was to do this, you're the one to do it. Yeah, like that... Um, uh, that scene in Arrival when they're entering the, the ship that's not a spoiler and uh, it, it like lasts for five or ten minutes and it's so beautiful and slow moving and I was just soaking it all up and Cathy turned to me and said hurry up and get on with it already <laughs> exactly um, which actually speaks to this podcast we should just hurry up and get on with this 100th episode it's Monday now we will be back on Wednesday with our review because we're splitting this yes, over two nights but for you, you you only have to wait for the length of the trailer. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we'll see you uh, see you very shortly. For our 100th episode. Bye. ¿Es orden? Muda, señor. Puede oírlo. Limpias el laboratorio y te sales. Puede que este sea el activo más delicado que se haya resguardado en este laboratorio. Podrían pensar que parece humano. Se para en dos piernas, ¿cierto? Pero... Fuimos creados a la imagen del Señor. No creerán que así luce el Señor, ¿o sí? Esta criatura es inteligente, capaz de comprender el lenguaje de las emociones. Welcome back to the 100th episode of The Cinema, where 
in true meta form, we are about to walk through the ocean reviewing Les Formas del Agua. We're going to walk through the ocean. We're going to walk through that the ocean like, like Moses. Something. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to like paddle. We're going to like an- be ankle deep. Ankle deep. In, uh, while we walk. Yeah. And we've uh, come down to a very secluded beach because nobody's out this early because it's not sunny yet. So it's going to be quite cold. It's 9am. It's going to be freezing. Yeah. I think, I don't think this is a good idea, but... Um, Whatever It was my idea So (laughs) we were trying to think of the best thing we could do for the 100th episode And I have to say very cleverly came up with The Shape of Water in the Water Which I'm sure no one else has ever thought of (laughs) I actually wanted to do it in the pool Which they vetoed I wanted to do it in the bath (laughs) Alright, come on um, Let's begin this Okay, let's get in the pool Horrible I mean, as as with always Getting in There's poop everywhere It's not poop That's poop There's flies coming off it Um, That's not poop Because the whole beach can't be covered in poop the hot well I mean, if you want to see what the beach looks like we're going to post this on our Instagram yes. oh okay <laughs> it's actually not All as right. cold as I thought it's uh, and the best part is Oscar's with us but he's just on a baby Bjorn on Dave and he's completely has no idea how embarrassing his parents are this is actually his first experience of the ocean okay yeah. this is we haven't thought this through because it's all rocks <laughs> and it's really hard to really walk cold. on okay. so it's going to be a very slow cinema so we both saw the movie separately just to recap Dave saw it in Spanish I saw it in English we have not spoken about the movie we have Even a motto. You kept trying to. I kept trying to, but Dave wouldn't do it. Dave always says, "Save it for the streets," and this time we said, "Save it for the sand." Yeah. Well. I, I just want Again, I just want our chat to be raw because you know you often you, you end up like even if we'd had a small chat about it last night then it's like you're just repeating yourself in the yeah. podcast we have not spoken about this movie or uh, oh there's so many stones um, <laughs> or our experiences of it so I think we should actually let's talk about the actual cinematic experiences firstly because we experienced this very 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 differently differently okay um, then we'll do initial thoughts on the movie and then we'll go to spoiler sand yes god <laughs> so obsessed with like getting the word sand in here um, or spoiler C Alright so I will say So I saw the movie Espanol Yes um, And you saw it Two nights ago now Yeah so. but it's as vivid to me As if it were <laughs> last night um, Very interesting experience It's so cold I will say It's very cold uh, This was your idea uh, Oh no Oscar's hat Oh no, his hat Oh sorry Oscar Oh no, I'll get no, it, no, I'll, get it. To see. I'll get it I'll get it I'll get it That's me it's not sunny all right, so there's no okay. sun on his head. You can confirm. He's fine. Yeah, no, I'll keep him in the shade. <laughs> okay, sorry. Short interlude. Um, Oscar, sort yourself out, man. So, <laughs> Oscar's like, what's happening? Um, so I'll be honest. When when the movie started, um, and there's somebody started narrating in Spanish. Who was that? That was, was Richard that, Jenkins. Was that, I thought it might be Richard yeah. Jenkins, but anyway, I had no idea what he was saying. Um, a very beautiful opening scene of the her living room all in underwater very very cool and then the voiceover comes in and i'm like instantly i'm like oh this is just gonna frustrate me for the whole time it's like a it's like a puzzle i'll be just confused and frustrated because i love i like i don't even like um you know missing two minutes of a movie Mm -hmm. um i always pause a movie you know i don't like going out if we're at home i don't like going to the toilet for two seconds i don't want to miss a single thing because i want the entire like um, jigsaw before I can sort of form thoughts on it so this to me was like uh, very very frustrating but okay Dave are you going to take this long talking about your experience because you're only on the opening scene yeah I'm going to go through the the movie blow by blow no I'm not (laughs) just let me talk okay Um, and but I will say I actually I actually got into it it sort of just uh, I I just forgot about it I just got into the movie because it was uh, you know I think because all of the characters were, I mean, roughly sort of 
um, defined by by sort of traits like sort well of, I'm going to speak to this later actually okay I was able to basically on broad strokes I was able to completely understand the movie the plot what was happening Oscar's I think, trying to grab the recorder I think what I missed the downside <laughs> of him not being in his buggy <laughs> I think what I missed out on was the nuance so obviously I didn't experience the screenplay at all so can't speak to that well it helps when the um, lead character is mute actually watching a movie no I saw that language. so I didn't know that she was mute when we started yeah me neither and then I saw oh my god she's mute she can't talk this is perfect and then of course they subbed all her sign language into Spanish yes but they subbed her sign language into Spanish in my screening too because my subtitles were in Spanish so all the Russian subtitles in Spanish you were at an English screening yeah, but the oh, English screening English. is subtitled into Spanish for locals. Oh, my God. Um, so the Russian stuff was subtitled into Spanish and... Oh, so you couldn't her... understand the Russian stuff? Now, to be honest, it didn't matter with Sally Hawkins because everything she said, other characters basically repeated anyway. So okay. in English. So I got... I mean, she was never really saying anything. So you actually didn't miss out. She wasn't saying nothing, basically. I mean, I didn't I didn't have that. I... Um... People were repeating what she was saying back to her in Spanish, <laughs> so it wasn't helpful at all. Um, well, do that... you think so? Basically, overall, was it unenjoyable watching it in Spanish, or did you actually enjoy it? No, I just very visual. I guess it's like you know the way when you're watching a 3D movie, and like very qu- at the beginning, you notice the 3D the most. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, "Whoa, look at that!" It's all, it's usually when like the uh, the 3D IMAX logo or something comes up, and you're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And then four minutes into the movie you've forgotten because you're just like absorbed into it or whatever yeah. well I just kind of either I became accustomed to it or or I just kind of zoned out well but it very much depends on the movie right if this was like a talky talky imagine this was like a John Hughes movie or something it would just be completely rubbish but because it's Guillermo del Toro and it's really visual the language is kind of secondary maybe because a lot of the la- language is very cinematic well we'll talk in spoiler straight about what I think spoiler happened sand. in the movie spoiler sand um, because I think I pretty much understood everything that happened. Everyone's motivations were very clear. Um, because I think a lot of this movie is dealing in sort of broad broad caricatures in a way. Well, There's the characters a... that I've seen before. Why don't I get to like my impressions of the movie as someone who understood it? Okay, go on. And then we'll probably just have to get to, to Spoiler Street to get your impressions. Though you can speak to the like the visuals. Um, it's a funny one because like I'm seeing this after it was got all the Oscar nominations. And um, and then subsequently won Best Picture. So same as last year, I saw Moonlight after it had won Best Picture. And I loved Moonlight. I was completely blown away by it. I thought Moonlight was a spectacular film. This? I Okay, the things I enjoyed about it were, of course, visually, it's very interesting and beautiful, right? I'll give it that. Um, Sally Hawkins is great. She's a very emotional actress and can really convey so much with her face. You know, without any language, and I think she's perfect casting. Richard Jenkins, who's one of my favorite actors, I actually think this is was one of the worst roles I've ever seen him in. <laughs> um, Octavia Spencer, again, I think she's fantastic, but she had nothing to do. She had nothing from... to do. Like, I can't believe her and Richard Jenkins were nominated for best supporting actors in this, and yet Michael Shannon, who was fantastic as the as the baddie, wasn't. We can completely agree on that. He... I thought Michael Shannon was outstanding. He's amazing. And you weren't even and, watching with his own voice. But you know what? The Spanish Michael Shannon was also the oh, best he? actor. He was amazing. <laughs> the Spanish voiceover guy. But it was just like, okay, I was thinking about this last night. How to phrase this perfectly. 
For a movie that's set in deep waters, it's very, very shallow. Oh! Yes. Oh, yes. Look at you trying to get on the poster of the movie. Well, no, it's more that I had a night to think about it. Um, and I really... As I was watching the movie, I liked it. It kind of washed over me, no pun intended. And then I thought about it afterwards and I just thought, okay, these are the, as you said, the broadest strokes, right? Because you were able to follow it without understanding the language. You've got the mute kind of oppressed woman. You've got Richard Jenkins, who I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but was um, a gay guy who's living in the early 60s. So he's, we think he's lost his job for being gay. 100% was able to understand Okay, you did understand that. that. It was very clear. Octavia Spencer is like basically someone who waits hand and foot on her husband. So you're trying to like I get I get the impression from the movie that he's trying to it's about creating outsiders right so you've got yeah. um, the mute oppressed poor woman you've got the black woman and you've got the gay man um, and then you've got a very obvious baddie and then you've got the Russians to the point where I was like there's there's no nuance anywhere like if you take the fish out of the equation which is the weird thing the merman love story it honestly could have been like an episode of Quantum Leap or something in terms of just Quantum like how hokey it was it was like ooh there's Russians ooh there's a baddie ooh there's a woman ooh there's a black woman who um, is in a role where she cooks for her husband and I realised at the end of the movie that this movie oh, now it's just one best picture it doesn't pass the Bechdel test the only thing Octavia Spencer talks about with um, Sally Hawkins is A. the merman B. the men who work in the facility or C. her husband it's funny okay it's funny because I had the same thought about the Bechdel test. Oh, interesting! In the cinema, but you couldn't quite. And then I it. was, like, but then I was like, no, oh, it's probably fine because Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer are having all this chat time. So, <laughs> so I, I had no idea what they were talking. For about. anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure all our listeners do know, the Bechdel test is a really simple test that nearly every movie in Hollywood fails, which is that all this needs to happen is that two women talk to each other, not about a man. You would think any movie passes that. Actually, oh, Oscar's coughing. No movies past that and this movie didn't and it's just really lame um so there are all the things i was thinking as i watched it and i of course it's you know it looks really cool i will give it that but it just the plot felt so humdrum so, and the fact that he got a you know there's a female scriptwriter on board with him here and i just didn't think the women were well written at all and i thought that i've got a nearly bit of like a manic pixie dream girl vibe off sally hawkins as well like and she just it just all fit too everything fit too neatly into itself and I, I I'm honestly surprised at the accolades it's getting okay so you're so you're not really a fan of it or you're like, d- disappointed it. Like, in it I think if I like happened across it one day in the cinema or on TV and hadn't heard anything about it I would have thought oh that's a nice little movie um, interesting ideas but if, if if it didn't have all this awards buzz and hype about it do you think you would have just gone in and thought, oh, this is a nice little surprise. Yeah, that's exactly what I would have thought. Yeah, but that's now the I'm problem. Going, but why did this win Best Picture? But that's what I, I told you not to go not to go in and, and view it under that lens. But I, of because, course I'm going to go in to 14 Oscar nominations and one Best Picture. I know, but actually all that is just guff. You know, I've, I've said before, I think the Oscars are n- really nonsense. I don't see the... I don't really like, what's the message have of this much, movie? Much, much faith in award ceremonies. It's, I, I just think it's all... Nonsense. And I then, think the uh, message is like, oh, they're a band of outsiders and we're rooting for them. It's like, yeah, but they're the most cliched outsiders. You could have... They didn't even try. I no, just... I think that the, the, the movie, the themes of the movie, from my perspective, and I had a lot of time to think about this <laughs> uh, during the film, it's very much... Um, and I, It's very much the, the 60s and a conservative time and it's about love trying to flourish against society so it's individuality versus 
society and Michael Shannon very much represents um, traditional values and conservatism but you this kind is what annoyed that. me if this is what you're trying to do if that's your message why give the absolute hands down best role in the movie to the baddie who's like um, a white man of power why is he the most compelling character no, in the no, movie no, why Kathy, is he the one we're fascinated Kathy, by that's the point he is a white he's a white man of power who has literally a nuclear family like they are they are they are literally drawn out of a, a sort of a, a cartoon propaganda but that's thing what I'm saying 60s, so they're on purpose but he's the most compelling character and he even a line you would have missed um He's talking, he talks to Octavia Spencer a lot about God because her middle name's Delilah. He's talking about Samson and Delilah from the Bible. And he says, you know, we're made in, God, in God's image. This creature isn't. And he said, well, actually, I'm made in God's image. He looks like me. Like, as in, God's a white man. But, but again, why am I so compelled? Like, why was I so drawn into that character by that performance? He became the most interesting person. Octavia Spencer was just a sideline character who's muttering about cooking her husband's dinner. And Richard Jenkins is just some... You know what I mean? Like... They weren't made interesting. Like Richard is probably the dullest I've ever seen. Richard Jenkins. All he did was fret about his hair and his toupee and like talk about like you know the old gals dancing on the TV. Like it, I thought he was anything to do. I thought he was kind of sweet. I mean, he I don't. Sweet, I don't think there was a lot to it. Um, but he seemed like just a sort of a, a sweet, nice man who was helping his neighbour. Um, Sorry, I'm going to take your hat off you here and put it on Oscar. <laughs> there we go, love. There we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, but I think I think the film largely worked as a as a construct of of. Oh, of also, saying, can we just tell our listeners we've come out of the sea because it was way too cold. I, I think, <laughs> you can still hear the water crashing. We've done the gimmick. I think it lar- it largely worked um, as as you know saying, you know, love love will conquer all, and and you should, if society is trying to tell you to. You, you know, have sex soci- with a merman. Soci- well, <laughs> Michael Shannon was is um, traditional white male conservative values. He's a religious, which I didn't know, um, but that makes perfect sense. And he's trying to destroy the other. He's trying to destroy anything that doesn't fit with his values. Now, I think that perfectly works, and the the film is constructed around that conceit and works quite perfectly on that level. Whether that's something we haven't seen before. I know I, I said Quantum I Leap earlier, it but it felt like that. Like, you know those really wholesome episodes of Quantum Leap where he goes back to, like, the 60s and he jumps into the body of a blind man or a black man or some whatever, and then he I puts don't... right what once went wrong. That's literally the vibe I was getting from this. It was like an after-school special, except that she was shagging the the <laughs> thing and there was, like, lots of blood, so kids couldn't watch it, but I felt like it was kind of really childish. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about with Quantum Leap. I don't... <laughs> You know um, what I mean. Well, hopefully, that's what I that's what I was thinking of of something that's kind of framed in a really nostalgic past, which this was. Look, I think if you treat this film first of all, as I was saying, forget Oscar buzz. Like everyone, I feel like everyone's going to go watch this now and be like, "Oh my god, it's the best picture winner of 2018." This must be the best movie made in 2018 or 2017 or whatever. It's like, no, just forget all that. All this yeah, but is Moonlight. I went to it and and was. It was right, so I, you know. But what's right? It's all subjective. It was right to me. Say, yeah, but Moonlight that's, has that's such the a point. Strong, that's the, that's literally movie. how subjectivity works. It's right to you. Like this could be right to somebody else. That's the problem with with art when you when you try to determine the word best. And I don't think the word best is appropriate. I know it's subjective. I don't always watch the best picture and think that it's worth. It's you this know, is the best. Movie. I don't always watch the best picture and think it's worthy. But this one I find particularly unworthy. If if that makes sense fine but like strip that away and I think what you're looking at here 
is a, a very interesting twist on uh, on a genre piece because this is essentially Creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, that was Del Toro's idea for this. Or Grinding was... Nemo, as people have been saying online. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, because that, that was his initial idea for this. In The Creature from the, the Black Lagoon, the old universal horror film, he um, he always wondered, you know, what... What if the uh, the creature's obsession with this woman was allowed to flourish and the relationship was allowed to flourish? And he actually pitched this to Universal when they were remaking their their horror franchise, which they've done with Tom Cruise and the Mummy. And he was uh, sort of attached to, uh, or he pitched to do a Creature from the Black Lagoon with this in mind. They really should have, have let him do that instead of letting. Yeah, they the rejected mummy. it out and out, so he just went off and made this. Um, and I think that that at its core is something I've never seen before. And I, I lo- I've seen it. It's called Splash, and it's a 1980s movie starring Tom Hanks and Daryl <laughs> no. Hannah. Yeah, but the but the idea of the idea of uh, the, it, everything we've in here we've seen before. We've seen government uh, facility. We've seen a uh, bad guy trying to destroy the creature. We've seen general wants to dissect it. We've seen Russian spies. We've seen oppressed uh, black people. We've seen oppressed uh, gay people. The, that's all fine. It's ta- this is taking. Broad strokes. Wait, that's all fine. You don't mean the oppression of those groups. You mean no, no, no. There's nothing new it's about fine. that. It's in fine this movie. that Del Toro is drawing. Oh, it's okay, look. Uh, it's fine. He's, he's bored by it. It's fine that he's painting with broad strokes here because at the core of it, there's quite a very lovely and unique relationship between this woman and this fish, which we've never seen before. We've and seen that... it, and it's called Splash. <laughs> no, it's like. We've seen it and it's called Beauty and the Beast. Like, this has been done before. This is not original. Like, as I was watching it, I was surprised by how unoriginal even their relationship was. Like, to the point where all I was waiting for was the sex scene. That was all I wanted to see because I thought this is going to be something different. And we'll speak to that on Spoiler Sand. Anyway, I I liked it. Um, and I'm saying that without really understanding any of the <laughs> I'm language. I'm amazed at how much you understood. This is a really cool experiment. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll get, this I'll was get, the movie to. This was the movie to do it in another language. I think we should go to Spoiler Sand uh, now in a second, and I'll just discuss exactly C. exactly what I thought uh, happened in the movie. Yeah, but just to say, I I liked this. I thought it was it it looked beautiful. It felt it felt inventive while also just working within very. This isn't this isn't breaking the wheel or open or reinventing do you mean reinventing it or the wheel? whatever. I don't know how to say things. <laughs> uh, this isn't this isn't like smashing any uh, new frontiers. This it's is nothing. It's just a nothing movie. No, that but happens it's a, to be it's, a jo- it's a nice genre movie with a twist. But Del Toro works in, in genres. That's he's a horror guy, and this is very much like a horror movie that actually turns out to be a love story. And and people aren't if if you just go at it like that. And I I, I was very satisfied by what I got because it also was quite beautifully put together. Um, Sally Hawkins is was exceptionally good as were as was Michael Shannon. Um, so you know, I I had I had a great time, even without understanding it, <laughs> and going on your own. And can we also say we paid wildly different prices for this cinema experience? So I paid six fifty. Dave paid eighteen euro. We're not quite sure. Dave bought a beer. I didn't. Now we're not sure if they're actually charging nine quid for a beer or if they charge less for the original print or what. Maybe you pay, maybe you pay more for the Spanish version because you have to. You have to pay for all the voice Yeah, class. all the voice acting. We should speak very briefly. We were talking about this last night, not talking about the movie. But it's funny how how common it is for European people to watch dubbed things, whereas um, 
like English, Irish, American people, English is our first language, obviously, and predominantly we get movies in English. But when we're not watching stuff in English, we always watch it subtitled. The prefer, I think, the preferred way in uh, in the UK and Ireland and, and the states is to experience foreign language movies with subtitles. Yeah, and for sure. I think we would all agree because I think. But that's also because that's all we've ever been shown. We never get shown dub stuff. Whereas my no, sister no. lives in France, and she said she's so used to watching dub stuff now it doesn't bother her. Yeah, but come on, I've seen I've seen and experienced dub stuff, and I think something oh, something of the original performance gets lost. But I mean, half the performance is what you're saying so I think well I, think I reckon by your account Michael Shannon might be even better Espanol <laughs> yeah well that's the thing well the, the funny thing is there was loads of Spanish my screening was really busy with yours no there was four people yeah mine was really full and loads of Spanish people so I reckon even the Spanish people wanted to see like the actual performances with the subtitles um, I, that's the way I would prefer to do it but actually there's something quite interesting about a um about a dub performance because it's a very difficult thing to do and I was actually reading it um an article about it last night because I was quite interested in this um, and it was an interview with the German Bruce Willis because what <laughs> happens is a lot of um, Die Hard Mit a Vengeance <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of the actors for you know for the audience's sake um, a lot of voice actors will stick with a certain actor you know to keep things consistent so this guy always does Bruce Willis he also does a lot of action stars he did Mickey Rourke in the 80s etc <laughs> but, but the, uh, he was describing how difficult it is to uh, to match their performance because you do have so to would he have done like the the voice for look who's talking to Bruce Willis's voice in that one <laughs> probably probably be more like the yeah. big picture ones <laughs> but anyway Michael Shannon Spanish guy don't know who you are but fair play to you because you were powerful man um, okay. anyway let's let's move on we're to spoiler sand just turning on to spoiler sand um, via spoiler C yes um, so here's here's how I think the movie happened and I think I pretty much got the whole thing I could understand it all so. Woman, janitor, um, working in a lab late one night. <laughs> she got an awful fright. Um, and, uh, she masturbates every morning. Yes, like to an egg work. timer. Yeah. <laughs> in the water. So important of things to come. She um, enjoys herself in the water. Her neighbour and friend. Yeah. Richard Jenkins. Yeah. Um, they live above a cinema. That's cool. They live above I was a, really above jealous above of that. A cinema. She works in a lab. Uh, they bring in a sea creature. She whatever you can. Yeah, I was able to follow all of that. She starts feeding it eggs. Um, Classic mating dance. Dance. Uh, whatever. Oh, the dancing really annoyed me as well. Okay, let, just let, let me let me sort of get across what I think happened. Yeah. Uh, she helps him escape in some laundry. I love the escape ridiculous. scene. Ridiculous. I thought the escape scene was really fun. Uh, lives in lives in his flat. Uh, help gets helped by Richard Jenkins and a Russian spy. So you got that he was Russian then? Because yeah. I was watching this bit going, I don't know if Dave's going to understand this guy's Russian if they're all speaking in Spanish. <laughs> no, but they weren't speaking in Spanish. We had the original Russian. Oh! So what happened was... Of course, because it's supposed to be a foreign yeah, language. If you were watching, if you were watching the movie in English, then they'll suddenly be speaking in Russian and they'll have English subtitles, right? Yeah. So from my version... They, they kept the original Russian. audio of them speaking Russian and it was Spanish subtitles. Oh, so you, we got the same scenes then? Yeah, oh yes, that's yeah. how you experienced it. I mean, I could so, guess what he was he was telling them about the creature and they're planning to seal it. Oh, because you would have missed the fact that they... Oh my God, you've completely missed the whole reason everyone wanted this creature. You won't have gotten this at all. Um, basically, the creature has like double lung function, so it can breathe out of water and in water. And amphibious, they're all trying yeah. to use that to develop um, breathing mechanisms for, for the soldiers. first man in space. No, for the first man in oh. space. So the Russians and oh, the Americans are both doing that because they want to launch someone into space. 
I just thought they just w- both wanted the fishman. Well, they, yes, they did both want the fishman also. But then Michael Shannon um, got authorization to kill the fishman and dissect it, and that's what spurred from the ge- from the evil from caricature the evil general. general. So that's yeah. why all of this was ensuing then, because he was going to kill him. Okay, and the Russian spy who actually had a heart of gold, right? And he, oh, was, he was like, like the nicest Russian spy ever. No, see, he was just a scientist who got caught up with the wrong people. I think. Okay, yeah, and he wanted to preserve fishman. He didn't want him to die. He was yeah. like, he's a, he said like you know he basically said he's a sentient being. But that like, was all. Well, I didn't know what anyone was saying, but that was very clear. Yeah. And then he helps. I mean, it's a very visual movie. I I, I completely understood the whole thing they fall in love the rain docks uh, was written up in English on the calendar so I knew when that was going to happen on 10th of October I could let you start. and then the moment we've all been waiting for and by we all I mean at least me the sex scene and then it just fades to black I'm like excuse me okay I have I have a couple of questions right but then Octavius she tells Octavius Spencer yes, they did that, it that's one of my questions yeah. okay so I could tell after the sex scene that they were having a conversation Back in the uh, back in the lab about it, and in my screening, Octavia Spencer, you know, she, she kind of raises her eyebrows, yeah, and then like, oh, you had sex, um, and then you had sex with the merman, and then she says one of the few words that I do understand in Spanish, which was como, a como. What does como mean? How? Oh, uh, and then I didn't understand Sally Hawkins' gestures. Oh, right. Oh, so that's you just had the same experience I did. She was did. kind of implying. I think she was implying something. that his penis kind of comes out. And then Octavia Spencer said, hole. Oh, typical man, he has something down there ready to pounce or something lame like that. Oh, God. Um, and then, okay, what really annoyed me was the bit where I know it's magical realism and all the rest of it, but when they turned on all the taps and the room became completely flooded. I was like, that's highly impractical because a room would never just turn into a swimming pool. Yeah, I thought that as well. And also you'd have actually... like The towels like, wouldn't stop When the that guy came happening. up to complain, he wasn't like massively complaining like you've ruined the whole building. He said, I have three paying customers downstairs. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> right. say like, you've destroyed the whole building, it's about to collapse. Um, also really annoyed me that from, from the opening scene, this annoyed me, I don't know what you thought about it, that Sally Hawkins was like completely naked. I thought that it was just a bit unnecessary in the opening scene and then it took away from her vulnerability later when she let herself be seen by the sea creature and she took her clothes off and I thought that would have been a much better moment I think that would have been the moment to see her nude and vulnerable but we've already seen her nude so there was no there was nothing special about that moment I just thought it was like oh yeah whatever um, I was like getting kind of Amelie vibes off what I was getting yes. like Manic Pixie Dream Girl 100% I was getting I was just Amelie getting, vibes like, I just find it so derivative of like so many things but the score was very Amelie as well oh no, it was the a score. accordion and this is what I wanted to talk to you about the score was exactly the score from Up with just a different note you know that opening 10 minute sequence of Up which is my favourite movie sequence of all time yeah. and the music's like do 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 yeah Oh, this was that music, but it was like do 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 do. I can't remember now. But at okay, the end well, of this episode, let's cut the two of them together. Yeah, I was just about to suggest yeah. that. Great, and people can make up their own minds. Yeah, I, it's funny because I thought that the um, the music, the central theme, the love theme of the two, was very derivative of the song "Smile Though Your Heart Is Breaking." It was like that too. You know, which uh, funnily, I've been singing to Oscar lately when he's crying, which is maybe so why we were both thinking. That's about what it. I thought it was, and then I thought. Oh, he's being really clever here because that's one of the... That must be one of the songs in the musicals that they keep watching on TV. But I don't think it was. Uh, so it actually wasn't that I'm just going to take a picture of you two But here he won an Oscar for that, which I didn't think was like... I'm taking a picture of you and Oscar because it's so cute. He's fallen asleep and he's got your baseball cap on. Okay. <laughs> Connect to our Instagram for that one. Yeah, um, very thrilling stuff here, guys. Anyway, the, the, you're killing the podcast Sorry. here. Um, 
Okay, another another question I had that that I was confused about without the dialogue was when she goes to when she realizes that the fishman's going to be killed. Yeah. And she goes to Richard Jenkins to ask him for help. Yeah. I couldn't understand any of that. How the hell did she convince him to help her? And what did she say? Did she say, I have a fishman friend in the <laughs> laboratory who I've fallen in love with. Will you help me steal him? That's pretty him? much what she said. I, who am I? Basically, this scene, oh, this is another scene that really annoyed me. So basically, she's signing, right? Obviously, I couldn't understand it because I couldn't read the, uh, the sign language or the subtitles. But she says to Richard Jenkins, repeat after me. So everything she says, he repeats. I was like, that would never happen in this, in this, in real life. So he's just exactly saying what she's signing, which was, who, how is he any different from me? I can't speak. I feel he's a person. I'm a, you know, I'm a person too. Whatever. And Richard Jenkins is like, no, I'm not going to help you. And then he goes <laughs> Richard off. Jenkins is like, what are you talking about? Richard Jenkins repeats everything she what says, and man? then he's like, bye. And then he goes out to um. Yeah, I look, I got all this. And they, the guy rejects him, and then he goes to because the cafe. They, because and they he, want photographs instead of artworks, is that it? The, yeah, they decided they want... Well, but the, he actually... They say he used to work for the company, and he got the sack, and they imply that he, it's because he was gay. Um, okay. And then he goes into the diner, where he is like in love with the guy who works in the diner. This was all very clear, and, and he, touch, of a minute, he touches it, his hand. It really annoyed me, though, again. It's like, so this guy... Um, everyone's just like so one way or the other in this movie he goes from being a sympathetic character to instantly being homophobic and then racist it was like yeah. oh can there not be any nuance here like can we not even think that maybe this guy is gay but like he's in the closet because it's the 60s he's like this is a family establishment don't come back here and then two black people come in and he's like you can't sit here and I was like mm, okay so one extreme to the other then broad strokes Kevin. yeah um, so that just all annoyed me um, I just thought that was all really badly handled and then we need to talk about the healing powers of the fish and how Richard Jenkins got his hair back. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was just like Again, I thought plain. that was all very clear. Yeah, it was all, all very visual. clear. Um, what's, wrong, what's wrong with that? That's cool. And also it sort of, le- well, it leads up for the ending that you have to have, this sort of uh, resurrection. Okay, and then the ending really baffled me because she brings him to the docks. He's like, has to get thrown into the water. They both get shot, etc. And then I might have missed something because they were signing to each other and the, the subtitles are in Spanish. They said I did get them saying we should be together. The thing with at least Spanish subtitles is I can understand them a bit better than like the spoken word Spanish. Like this word, junta, juntas means together. So I, I recognize a lot of the words were just very basic, and I could recognize them. But um, I felt like, and then maybe I'm way off, and I'm reading too much into it. I don't know that she consented to be turned into a fish lady. Like he took her. I thought what he was doing was actually healing her. I thought he was healing. They said that um, basically her voice box was ripped out and she was abused as a child and left by the water to die. Oh, I had a question about that. Right, I I didn't know any of that. But what I thought was happening was he was healing her voice box and he was going to send her back up. But instead he turned the scars into like gills. And now, now you have to live with me forever underwater. But I felt like, well, he's taken away her agency here. She has no say in this. That's all she wanted. But we never heard her saying... And look again. Well, listeners, so she was going correct to die. me if I'm wrong because I missed some subtitles. No, but she didn't have to die. He could have just rescued her and also, put her back up on the ground. Spoilers for the movie Splash. But it's that's the exactly end what happens. In Splash. I know. That's um, what I was like. Unless I miss something, I don't think she consented to live underwater forever, which would be so boring. If you actually think about it, she's only been dating this guy for like two weeks, and now she's committed to a life of living <laughs> with him on, under the sea. Come on, Kathy. I'm just saying. It's just like. like it's a romantic ending in a, in, a, in, a, in a fantasy genre movie. He's turned movie. her into a fish. That's not romantic. Yeah, but you, weird. Come on, set aside the practicalities of like 
living under the sea or whatever. It's just like, that's all she wanted was to be with him. And then she was so sad. We don't know that. She had a date in the calendar to get rid of him. (laughs) We don't know that all she wanted was to be with him. Come on. Unless I miss something. She was heartbroken that she had to to leave him. Yeah, because she was getting like on-demand sex in her bath every night when she got home from work. You're you're just taking the piss I'm just taking the piss now. Come on. But I'm just saying, I thought that was really weird at the end. I wasn't expecting that ending. A, because I wasn't expecting to watch the end of um, Ron Howard's splash. And B, I wasn't expecting that she would just, when he had the healing powers to heal her, I wasn't expecting that he would do the opposite and make her live That was a lovely ending. Also, I... Also, the movie poster, which I thought was lame. Oh, that's cool. How how many movie posters are the last shot of the movie? That's Probably very cool. Loads. Um, Jesus, you're so down on this. Um, <laughs> sorry. <coughs> the other thing was, um, I don't think that he turned her into fish at the very end. I think it was happening anyway because of their, because, maybe because of all the the, the fish boning they've been doing. <laughs> uh, because she, there's that moment where she's in the bus and she's able to move water with her hand. So she's able to manipulate water. I think that was actually. Oh, I didn't think she was manipulating water. I thought it was just like a kind of stylish directorial thing. I mean, possibly. I think she was already changing. And I think that's what was happening there. Also, there was a scene where I thought he'd given her her voice back, but then he hadn't. It was just like, again, a magical realism kind of singing moment. And this is what I want to get to with the singing and dancing stuff. So there was like a bit of harking back to old Hollywood with the singing and dancing sequences. And for me, that felt really out of place as well and felt like a bit of an awards ploy. Because if we think back to the last couple of years of things like La La Land and The Artist, like Hollywood loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just felt like it was a bit shoehorned in like, oh, Rich, basically Richard Jenkins likes watching these old Hollywood starlets because he's gay. That's basically what they were saying. And then she and him kind of, like, they never committed to the dancing. The dancing was just like oh, something that every now and then kind of popped up, but didn't oh, even really the, pop up. I, I just felt like it was really where, underdone. I love the moment where she and Richard Jenkins are on the couch tap dancing. Well, that's even funnily though we've enough, seen it in La La Land. We've seen it in lots of things, and funnily enough, um, that's one of the sequences that um, somebody's saying that was plagiarized from another movie. In oh, a couple okay. of instances. Should, should now, ad- they're, now, not to say that they're they're accurate or not, but that's one of the scenes somebody said. Um, Do you want to address the plagiarism issue very uh, quickly? I mean, I don't think I think because I read up on the plagiarism things, and none of them actually seem like one of them. One one person had done a sh- uh, one group of students had done a, a short movie that had a very similar plot, but actually the short movie was made after this pre-production started on this. Okay, but the main the main one. So if anybody doesn't know, there's a there's a, a case pending uh, from the son of a very famous. Uh, uh, award-winning playwright who claims that The Shape of Water has uh, plagiarised large elements of one of his father's plays which was turned into a, a TV uh, mini-series or something in the in the 60s and that involved a, a woman working a janitor working in a lab um, on a night shift at a military uh, experimental facility that's doing experiments on a dolphin uh, and then she sort of forms a relationship with the dolphin and dances in front of the dolphin and feeds it. And then she uh, helps the dolphin escape by shoving it in some laundry. Um, now, can we... Can, first of all... I'm sorry, but there's a huge difference between a dolphin and a on, we're, we're waffling on loads here. Uh, let me let me just wrap up a few final thoughts. Um, we're I li- so distracted to be walking along a beach as we record this. I think it's clear that I liked this movie. You didn't. I, I No, honestly... As a whole, I would say I didn't dislike the movie, but all the individual elements of it annoyed me. And I just think it's, it's such a shame for me that I 
saw it after all the awards buzz because it's not I was expecting something much deeper and much more poignant and much more important well I bought into it I I liked it I liked liked the fantasy stuff I liked the 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 romance Um, but stuff did annoy me and I'll tell you what did annoy me Um, first of all why why did a cleaning lady have so So much such a high security clearance and why was she allowed to go into that lab whenever she wanted and like as if they've got a very top secret um, um, fish man one of the most important things and they're just letting like okay you clean up just let yourself out well it was kind of implied um, it was kind of implied that only her and Octavia Spencer had that access because they happened to be the ones the first time when the fingers came off and the bleeding and stuff they were the ones who got called in and then because they'd already been there it was kind of implied that they were the only cleaners of this lab yeah but as if they'd be let there the Russian guy caught her, but he didn't like, mind because he was observing their behavior. I'm sorry that that they, they, they needed to, they needed to explain that. Well, a part of better. it was that they kept kind of calling them the help. No reference to the other Octavia Spencer movie, and they were so looked down upon that nobody thought oh, that the women mattered. On. Even in the scene when Michael Shannon's interviewing them, like, "Did you see anything last night?" He says, "Oh, why am I interviewing the help? What would you know?" And you might have you probably caught this, but there was this quite a menacing scene where Michael. Shannon, first of all, he's having sex with his wife and he puts his hand over her yeah. mouth and he says, I want you to be quiet. Silencio, he said. Oh, did he? And I then, that. And then he says to Sally Hawkins, like, are you one of those mute who squawks? I bet I could make you squawk. And he basically oh. implies like he's going to rape her. Yeah, it was a really disturbing scene. And that was really scary because she's so vulnerable. Like, she can't make any noise. So I found that that really really weird I mean dark. I was able I was able to sense what happened especially when he like touched her hair and she yeah. recoiled but I do um, think we probably do need to wrap up this review actually we're just rambling along the beach it's just so nice to be on holidays recording an episode have you any final things to say or is it just all pedantic stuff that you like I like getting passes? pedantic you do but um, okay the, the, the other thing that annoyed me was their security basically it's all about their security okay the, you don't just because the, the help are there don't say okay you just clean up in this fish tank and stay in there as long as you want you're uh, thinking of how, a time when women were very undervalued in science as well yeah but come and on and one of them was mute and one of them was black so they were like very much on the margins of society no, you don't let anyone in there in your top secret facility and in, 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 in like to, to see a creature that anybody could talk about it's like that I no just did you not see the poster loose lips sink ships oh, come on they had stop that up I don't buy it also the, the way it. I know you liked the escape plan but it was absolute farce come on I it's thought like, it was fun no it was so silly like shoving him into laundry and that was like, probably my favourite sequence of the movie actually so no, it just goes to show I'm not the audience of this movie that was just lame it's like something from a Disney movie from the 90s um, a few other things I liked um, they I, it was the whole Fishman character was quite reminiscent of a uh, a fishman character in another Guillermo del Toro movie, Hellboy, uh, which is based on based on a comic. But there's a character in there who's an amphibious uh, man who talks, and I was thinking of this similarity while I was watching it and looked it up, and it's played by the same guy. Oh, funny, <laughs> Doug Jones, that uh, is funny. who has he plays o- a good fish. He plays a lot of fishmen, um, and he um, also played the. He does a lot of del Toro stuff, and he played the fawn in Pawn's Labyrinth and oh, one of the other do characters. You mean Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the with the the eye and all that. And also, fun fact, he he plays one of the best characters in the new Star Trek Discovery show, the tall alien. Oh, cool! I do. Oh, yeah, I do know him. So really great actor, like great physicality. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's apparently he used to be a contortionist. Oh wow! Yeah, he's very like skinny and tall and stuff. Um, quick thing I noticed on Michael Shannon, who again we've said how brilliant he was. I loved all the stuff. I with just don't know why he wasn't nominated, but Richard Jenkins was. I find that very strange. I, I know agree. I'm getting hung up on the Oscars, but it was the, the more just interesting because they had so many nominations. Performance. Uh, but I love the stuff with the mint, um, all the mints he kept eating, or the apple sours or whatever oh, they yeah, were. He actually referenced them. He said, um, 
lots of men like fancy candy I like this cheap candy and sometimes when I really want to do it I just bite straight into it Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe this movie's better without the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, the dialogue. Um, this is my main point on this movie. Like, in a way, I actually do think you might have... Uh, you might have had a better experience because I found the dialogue not very good. Um, like, he was just... And again, I enjoyed every line he delivered because he's a fantastic baddie. But it was just like, oh, he's a baddie. She's good. He's bad. She's good. Like, yeah, broad just, strokes. There's, just not, there's no nuance I realize, in any of it. I realise... Maybe this is the ideal way to experience this. And I realise just now, I experienced this movie... In the same way that the fishman did, <laughs> you did. He didn't understand no, I think anyone or what was them. happening. I think he could understand them. <laughs> anyway, last thing on Michael Shannon: the way he peed was extraordinary uh, in the scene where he goes into the urinal when they're cleaning it. Oh, and my favorite line of dialogue was in the scene. But hang on, can I can I explain what I loved? Yeah. Um, he goes in, washes his hands thoroughly before he yes. pees. This is what ends then, up being described in the dialogue. Then doesn't touch his penis. Um, like just ha- he pees with his hands on his he hips. pees in his hands on his hips, like like which is extraordinary, and I'm going to try that. Um, <laughs> and then zips up, doesn't wash his hands, and then but marches he, he out. He explains it to them. Oh. He says, "You get the measure of a man by how he um, washes his hands. You either wash before or after the toilet, but never both." Oh. Yeah, so you didn't really make much of an oh, observation there. Oh, that's annoying, because I thought... I thought it would have <laughs> thought, been better if he... I thought I he enjoyed... was just having some sort of uh, important plot dialogue no, with them. He like, just explained Oh, by the way, the fish man is here. Don't go into the fish man. No. And I thought he was, like, incidentally having the most amazing no. piss in and the he's world. like, sorry to interrupt your girl talk. And then he mm. explains how he peed. Well, that's disappointing. I think we're done discussing this movie now. We're just getting down to, like, minor, minor little um, plot points. All right, and well, let's we wrap it up. And we get out of the sun. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to... Uh, for uh, To our long term listeners, we really appreciate it. We can't believe we've done 100 of these. I can't believe that it's really cool. Our first ever episode was us um, just kind of playing around and going to see the Jungle Book and recorded a quick episode on our walk home from Richmond. Two years later, we are on a beach with the baby... Our hundred yeah. episode. The baby's asleep because Baby Bjorn's magic, and he falls asleep in it. Um, and my hat's over. His and head. his looks really cute. Um, and we're just so grateful and humbled by all the people who listen and get in contact with us. Like we get so many emails and people writing to us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All we love hearing from you all. And we thank love you it. so much. Um, and we had all these um, kind of grand ideas what to do with our hundredth episode, and then we thought, well, actually. We, we can't do a lot of things at the moment because as we often say we don't have a babysitter we've got a baby but actually we you know our podcast is true to our lives and this is our life at the moment we're on holidays and luckily for us the shape of water's out and we got to walk through the water so we got to do something for our 100th episode yeah yes um, All right, thanks well, for listening please um Please tell us if you uh, what you think of our review and who you agree with and how wrong Cathy is. <laughs> um, go to uh, our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. It's at The Cinema. Or you can email us, thecinemile at gmail.com. And yes. if, uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or wherever you're listening to And the most important part is, if you subscribe to us and you like us, please leave us a five-star review. If you don't like us, just don't listen to us and don't leave us a review. That's all we have to say. <laughs> five stars. You don't even have to write anything. You can just click. You just tap the tap yeah, the stars. Just tap. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you. We're gonna bye. go out and enjoy the rest of our holiday. Bye.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.